From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Thanks for joining us for another edition of WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the news for week commencing July 17, 2011. Now, don't forget, you can get an email edition of this news just by writing to nationalnews at wia.org.au. We'll let you know. Or even easier is just to go on to wia.org.au and uh, click the uh, the news in the member area. Also, we're on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash vk1wia. Now, remember, if you are only submitting text and not audio, please write your story as you'd expect to hear it being read back and never send us just links and URLs. Go that little bit extra. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Not just what happens, but what matters. A well-earned boost for amateur radio. They're still talking about the excellent coverage given in the Livewire section of the Green Guide supplement in the Age newspaper last week. The well-researched article by Katie Kanata appeared on Thursday the 7th of July and involves accounts of nine radio amateurs, including 13-year-old Monique VK3FWPZ. The 8th grader enjoys contesting and has encouraged other young girls to join the fun. There's Justin VK3FLIP with Monique VK3FWPZ and they're shown at the Sherbrooke Community School Station VK3KID. Maths teacher Edward Cito VK3LIP demonstrates on a handheld radio accessing a web-enabled local repeater to connect to a user in Dallas, Texas. They learn the ropes from volunteers Randall McDonald VK3RM and Jim McNabb VK3Alpha Mike November. Another relative newcomer is Richard VK3TXD keen to dispel the amateur radio stereotypes of we old blokes tinkering and hopes a new generation will find clever ways to evolve the hobby. The lure of long distance or DX contacts remains his main interest. The article has a look at Doug MacArthur, VK3UM, on emergency communications and moon bounce experimentation, through to Jack Brabham, VK3 Whiskey 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 on his digital amateur television and ARDF pursuits. Wireless Institute of Australia media spokesman Jim Linton, VK3PC, says the foundation licence is simple for people to acquire, although more progress to the higher grades is standard and advanced, which do give them more. Wally Green, VK6WG, turns 100 in August and is still going strong in the microwave experiment and experimentation area. Wally recounts many amusing stories, and one told when being interviewed by Bob Elms, VK6BE, went along these lines, and I quote, I recently heard you telling a story about your exploits with Ford spark coils and a male relative. Give us the story again, will you? And Wally responded, yes, that sticks in my mind, and I can see it in my head now. He was interested in my elder sister, and I was playing with the Ford coil, and I decided to see what would happen with this bloke. There was a couch along the side wall. I connected the coil to a battery and connected to two pieces of enamel-covered wire and put it under a piece of newspaper on the couch. The Ford coil would send a spark an inch long. It would go down through the newspaper with no trouble at all. Now, when this bloke sat down, I turned the coil on. He just rose straight up into the air as if his pants had been paper and they'd been set on fire. But he still married my sister. August Amateur Radio Magazine will feature Wally VK6WG on the cover. 
John Singleton's Macquarie Radio Network has concluded a heads of agreement to acquire eight commercial radio broadcast stations from the Smart Network in Queensland. The agreement is still subject to satisfaction of customary conditions, including securing finance board approval and the conclusion of a long-form agreement. The WIA? Why be in it? Well, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society, an affiliate of the WIA, in their last newsletter, asked that very question. WIA? Why be in it? They go on to say that, In 2010, the WIA celebrated 100 years of representing amateur radio in Australia. That is, 100 years of improved conditions for the amateur radio population in Australia. Now, the WIA doesn't win all the battles, but at least they try, and currently only 30% of Australian amateurs are members. Now, you could look at it like this. The WIA is like a trade union. The WIA works hard to get benefits for the members, but all amateurs benefit. Now, have a think about it. Is that fair? All amateurs are free to use VK5 repeaters, yet some are funded by the WIA. Now, the uh, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's insurance, the club has liability insurance through the WIA. Any members who are members of the WIA are covered at no further cost to AHARS. The club submits members' lists in April and the WIA charges a fee for all non-WIA members. Clubs are not advised of who are not members due to privacy restrictions, but clubs are charged accordingly. If you operate on the so-called WAC bands, have a foundation licence, operate HF without CW, then these conditions have all been won by the WIA. WIA will be represented at the World Radio Conference, WRC, in 2012. The WIA is part of the official Australian Government contingent. The WIA pay for this privilege, and if we don't attend our bands and conditions are at risk. Now, this all costs money, but it will cost you less than $2 a week to be a WIA member. So please visit wia.org.au and see how many volunteers are there helping. Contests, awards, magazine, bookshop, historian and so forth, all for the benefit of all amateurs. Now, this isn't a witch hunt, it's just putting the facts for your decision. Please consider joining. WIA News, VK3KI, Michael Owen, WIA President. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. Recently, an amateur forgot to renew his licence because he failed to advise the ACMA of his new address and was upset when his two-letter call sign was allocated to someone else. The comment in the June 2009 issue of Amateur Radio addressed this problem in some detail and further information can be found on the WIA website under the tab Australian Amateur Licensing and Call Signs under the button Get Your Amateur Radio Licence. The Radio Communications Act does not impose on the ACMA an obligation to issue a renewal notice. The ACMA does so, but the failure to receive a renewal notice is no excuse for not renewing a licence. Obviously, failing to notify the ACMA of a change of address will mean that even if the ACMA does send a renewal notice, it will go to the wrong address. But the Act does provide that a licence can
can be renewed from six months before and 60 days after its expiry date if it is the licensee's responsibility to ensure that the license is renewed in that time. A call sign is only a condition of a license and if the license is not renewed after 60 days from the expiry date the call sign will be placed on the public list that is the list of available call signs on the WIA website and after seven days the WIA will issue a call sign recommendation to whoever wants that call sign so please do remember to renew your license President Michael also wrote to WIA front page news and I quote from the 8th of July 2011 a change has been made to the procedures for a call sign recommendation for a two letter call sign in Queensland New South Wales and Victoria since December 1 2010 the procedure in respect of two letter call signs in those states has been that no call sign recommendation can be made until seven days after a call sign is placed on the public list the list of available call signs on the WIA website. This is to allow someone who has inadvertently allowed a licence to lapse to claim back the call sign. Applications for these two-letter call signs were still required to be lodged by mail, but after the seven days had elapsed, if there was more than one application for a call sign and the call sign had not been claimed back, then the applications were drawn at random in the presence of a WIA director secretary or treasurer. This ensured that those living in more remote areas without express post were not disadvantaged. Now, applications for a two-letter call sign in Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria may be sent by mail, fax, scanned and sent by email or delivered by hand to the WIA office. After the expiration of seven days, the ballot procedure will determine the applicant who will receive the call sign recommendation. In addition, Fees paid by unsuccessful applicants will be retained until the call sign has been allocated by the ACMA and if the call sign is not allocated, then the next applicant drawn would be offered the call sign and the fees will only be refunded to unsuccessful applicants after the ACMA has allocated the call sign. The WIA cannot accept a standing application for a two-letter call sign as the application for a call sign recommendation must always relate to a particular call sign. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Yes, around VK we go. We visit VK5, VK7, VK2 and VK3. East Gippsland Amateur Radio Club would like to remind members of the up-and-coming AGM. The AGM will be held in the Rivers Room at the Bensdale RSL Club corner of Princess Highway and Forge Creek Road on Sunday the 24th of July at 1.30pm and meals start at 12pm for those wishing to have a meal before the AGM. More information may be found at the club's website vk3egc.org. I'm Michael, club's publicity officer, vk3hau. Still in VK3, the Riverina Field Day Albury Rodonga Amateur Radio Club. Yes, the club hosts the field day held at the Lavington Scout Group Hall Lavington at 10am and it costs just $5. Traders, second-hand equipment, hot food, free tea and coffee. When is it? 
everybody's welcome on July 31. Now, places for exhibitors and traders are still available, and you can contact Tom VK2MY. VK5, Daryl Ross, VK5HZ, writing in the winter 2011 issue of Info from the Elizabeth Amateur Radio Club in VK5, tells us how they have added a new column to the issue, EARC Notices and Classifieds. Notices and adverts are free for members and can be run for as many issues as requested. So if you have anything you want to get rid of out of the junk room, a shack, send in a quick note and perhaps somebody else will find a use for it. VK7 and VK7 RCH Interference. Michael, 7FMRS, and Hayden, 7HAY, have managed to track down the interference on VK7 RCH. It appears to be a remote-operated boat crane operating on 433.575, the repeater's input. And just a reminder, too, that anybody may use this repeater. It is for the benefit of southern amateurs and to increase activity on 70 SEMS. Snowy Mountains Amateur Radio Club in VK2 and visitors to the Perisher ski areas over winter are invited to use the local 70 centimetre repeater on 438.450. VK2 RLJ is located at just a little under 2,000 metres above sea level on Mount Perisher and provides excellent coverage. The next Trash and Treasure event at VK2WI is the last Sunday of this month, the 31st, with the usual lineup, Trash and Treasure and exam assessments in the morning and homebrew gathering in the early afternoon. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend heats up. Jim Linton tells us that the Illawarra Amateur Radio Society has told him that Lighthouses of Australia, a non-profit organisation which aims to create a higher profile for lighthouses, will be in attendance to relight the old diesel-powered point-perpendicular light for VK2 AMW on the ILLW weekend. And Club Auction, Liverpool and District Amateur Radio Club Auction happened Saturday, August 20, Miller Scout Hall, Shropshire Road in Miller. That's next to the high school. The auction commences at 10.30, but the gates are open at 8.30. If you'd like to participate... Contact Gary, Victor Kilo 2, Bravo, Romeo, VK2BR. I'm Jason, VK2LAW, with Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. ARNSW Foundation Course and Assessments on Sunday the 4th of September at the VK2WI site. We ask listeners to advise those that they know who have an interest in getting into amateur radio that the course is to be held. Have them telephone 02 9651 1490. That number again, 02-9651-1490, leaving their contact details. The date again, September the 4th. Now international news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Radio licence exemptions following Christchurch earthquake. Temporary transmitters being used in the Christchurch emergency response are exempted from radio licence requirements for the next three months. The exemption applies to transmitters established within a radius of 30 kilometres of what is known as the Square in Christchurch. See NZMS 260 map series location M358064174. For the purposes of technical coordination, details of the transmissions must be entered into the Register of Radio Frequencies as planned licences and be certified by an approved radio engineer or an approved radio certifier.
the exemption is being made under Regulation 10 of the Radio Communications Regulations 2001 and is in effect until September 30, 2011. ZL's Tourism Radio, an audio travel guide named Tourism Radio, operates in New Zealand. Tourism Radio uses an integrated GPS system broadcasting content in real time. The system points out all well-known landmarks as the vehicle approaches, allowing visitors to take in all New Zealand has to offer. The New Zealand company is planning to expand its travel guide here to Australia in 2012, followed by Hawaii and the US after that. RMS Station at Bangalore, the amateur radio messaging server RMS Gateway Station VU2IIH was inaugurated by Sri BM Bavija, VU2BMB, Group Coordinator, Department of Information Technology, Ministry of Communications and Information Technology, Government of India, at Indian Institute of Hams, Bangalore, on Wednesday the 6th of July. The project is implemented by National Institute of Amateur Radio, Hyderabad, New bill introduced to criminalise illegal streaming. Streaming copyright material may soon be against the law. Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Davis, W2JKD, reports. A trio of senators has introduced a measure that would make illegal streaming TV shows or movies a felony. The bipartisan bill, designated as S978, was introduced by Senators Amy Kohlbooker, John Cornyn and Christopher Coons. It came the same day that Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont reintroduced a bipartisan measure to give the government more tools to shut down websites that traffic in stolen intellectual property, including TV shows and movies. It's already a felony to download or upload that content, so the bill would just extend that to streaming. It was a recommendation made by the White House Intellectual Property Enforcement Coordinator, Victoria Espinel. Espinel pointed out that under existing law, it's unclear that streaming copyrighted work can be subject to a felony penalty because such penalties are predicated on the defendant either illegally reproducing or distributing the copyrighted work. While intuitively, streaming would seem to be pretty clearly distribution, there has been some legal question about that designation. The new law looks up to clear that point. I'm Jim Davis, W2JKD. The Obama administration has made protection, security, and privacy of online content a priority, given its push for universal broadband as a critical infrastructure component of the country's future. Turning to ham radio space-related news, word that the U.S. Air Force Academy Falcon Sat-3 satellite launched in 2007 has resulted in over 200 Academy students becoming licensed radio amateurs. Falcon Sat-3 was put into orbit March 9, 2007 by the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado. It carries a 145 to 435 megahertz digital store and forward transponder supporting data rates of 9K6, 38K4, or 76K8, running the PacSat file system so anyone with WISP can copy telemetry. Project Oscar UK contacted Colorado Satellite to get the latest word on the satellite. They received an update from Jim White, who explained that the government banned radios on Falcon Sat 3 require a stable gravity gradient attitude to work properly. They've struggled with the attitude control since launch, and it is not yet stable. Instead, the satellite is operating using its amateur band radios, and as a result, a large contingent of cadets and faculty from the Air Force Academy have obtained amateur licenses. White says that Falcon Sat 3 is presently on during most day and evening passes over the Air Force Academy with a very strong downlink on UHF. He adds that when Falcon Sat 5 was launched about six months ago, there was some thought that Falcon Sat 3 would move to fully amateur service. However, Falcon Sat 3 has proved to be such a useful learning tool that the decision was made to operate it alongside with Falcon Sat 5. Unlike its predecessor, Falcon Sat 5 carries no amateur equipment. 
that 110-year-old light bulb still has us in its spell. A follow-up to a story that we first aired some 10 years ago. It's about a light bulb, a very old light bulb that keeps a Northern California fire station out of the dark. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, with the details. A light bulb hanging in the Livermore Pleasanton, California Fire Department has been burning steadily for exactly 110 years. Lynn Owens, who's in charge of the Light Bulb Centennial Committee, says that how it stays lit remains something of a mystery. He says that it's a 60-watt bulb, but it only gives off about 4 watts of light. Even so, nobody knows why it keeps burning. According to the lamp's website, the bulb is actually a somewhat different style bulb from what other manufacturers of the day produced. It was invented by Adolph A. Chalet and made by the Shelby Electric Company. It was donated by Dennis Bernal to the Livermore Volunteer Fire Department, and this past June 18th was its 110th year of continuous illumination. This is a fact documented extensively by Guinness World Records. One possible answer may be the way the bulb was constructed. In a 2010 interview with the Daily Mail, bulb protector Steve Bunn ascribed the light's success to good old-fashioned engineering. In the Shelby bulb, a coiled filament burned brighter and lasted longer than in the Edison bulb. This as evidenced by the longevity of the Livermore Pleasanton Centennial bulb, which celebrated its 110th year of non-stop duty back on June 18th. That 110-year-old light bulb still has us in its spell. A follow-up to a story that we first aired some 10 years ago. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2011. August 13 and 14, WIA Remembrance Day Contest. August 20 and 21, Worldwide IWLW. October 22, WIA Jack Files Contest. Here is an unofficial report on the NZART Memorial Contest held the 2nd and 3rd of July 2011. Conditions were not good and made for some hard digging of signals at times. Saturday there was an average of 32 SSB stations per hour, 19 ZLs and 13 VKs. Sunday was very similar with an average of 36 SSB stations per hour, 23 ZLs and 13 VKs. The pleasing thing was that most stayed around to give that one point. Philip ZL2 TZE thanks those who worked this contest and remember to get your logs in by the 31st of July. Remember to include the summary sheet. Please mark this on your calendar for 2012, first full weekend in July and pass this on to all. Thank you and hear you all in 2012. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend heats up. In yesteryear, the coastline had lighthouse protection. Now well surpassed by modern satellite navigation. The radio amateurs operating portable from those locations on the third weekend in August helps keep the spirit of the lighthouse alive. Several countries with a relatively small coastline do surprisingly well by activating as many of the accessible lighthouses as possible. Of those countries that relied heavily on lighthouse protection in the past, Australia remains in the lead with 51, followed by the USA on 48. But a usual leadership contender Germany has only 39 entries so far. More than 300 entries are expected for lighthouses and lightships from now onwards, with around 50 countries to be involved. And with just four weeks to go to the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, 
a total of 209 entries have been received. Many more expected in the coming weeks. This year, so far, 13 lightships are entered, mainly from Belgium, England, Germany and the USA. There's one each in the Netherlands, Sweden and Wales. Lightships are a rare breed of the long-gone era of magnified flashes of light used by ships as they navigate along the coast and around the world. Since 1998, the 48-hour fun-filled third weekend in August attracts more than 440 entrants from around 50 countries. Be part of the action, or just check the newly refurbished website at iwlw.net, where you will find more information about the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend on August the 20th and 21st. For full details and online registration for the weekend of August the 20th and 21st, Check the website iwlw.net, which has been recently revised and is well worth a visit. Special event stations DX and Beacon and Advice. The island of Nauru in the Central Pacific is not often heard on the bands. PECA OH2YY will be active as C21YY until the 20th of July. He will use SSB only and QSL's go via his home call. The unusual call sign E76ARDF will be in use from now until July the 20th from Bosnia-Herzegovina. This is in connection with the 6th Balkan Amateur Radio Direction Finding Championship. It is expected that 120 amateurs from 9 countries will take part in the event. Brazil Special Event Look for the Amateur Radio Special Event Station PT155FD to be active between now and July the 30th. Activities to commemorate the 155th anniversary of the first official fire department in Brazil. Lord Howe Island, VK9L. Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia on Lord Howe Island, OC004. As VK9HR between July the 23rd and August the 2nd. CWSSB and radioactivity on 160-6 metres. QSL via EB7DX. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. In the last DX bulletin number 1018, there was mention of ZL7 in the cluster report. Also the same report in the DXCC country stroke entity report from Southgate Amateur Radio News. We are led to believe there is no current licensed operator with the ZL7014 nor ZL7PW calls listed. Anyone wanting to check any ZL call sign can do so via the MED website. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. The August edition of Amateur Radio Magazine. On the cover is Wally Green, VK6WG, turned 100 and still achieving. Also foreshadowed is an up-and-coming story of another centenarian, Piers Healy, VK2APQ. In the WIA comments, there is an IARU latest by President Michael Owen, VK3KI, explaining its vital role leading up to and during the World Radio Conference. We learn about Willis Island visited by David Burton, VK9WBM. In Foundation Corner, Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, revisits Home Brewing, a very good read for everyone. At the other end of the demographic is a call to join the RAOTC. There's news of a Reform Parks Radio Club, VK2BPK, and the Hills Amateur Radio Group, VK6AHR, in action. Spotlight on SWLing has Robin Harwood, VK7RH, lamenting the Radio Netherlands is to stop some broadcasts. And Deutsche Well has made cuts already. There are the columns from Alara, AMSAT, Contest, DX, VHF and UHF, and writings from each of the states. 
Amateur Radio Magazine, a membership service, is also available in selected news agents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3PV, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Hello, listeners. I'm Peter Harding, VK4OD, the WIA RD Contest Manager. The rules and my introduction to the 2011 Remembrance Day Contest are in the July edition of the Amateur Radio Magazine. Or you can download a copy of these rules when you log on to the WIA website. At the bottom of the RD page is a link to download a PDF copy of the rules and my introduction. Or you can email me at rdlogs at wia.org.au and I can send you a copy of both in PDF format. Basically, there has been no changes since last year. However, as this is the WIA's premier annual contest, I'd like to get all the rules published each year. Due to some requests and discussions at this year's AGM in Darwin, the start and finish times of the contest remain the same. However, it may change for next year's contest. I would ask that any newly licensed amateur radio operators taking part in this year's contest take the time to read the rules. As we did last year, I have included a new section for World War II equipment. This equipment can be used on the HF or VHF bands. Please read the rules regarding criteria for this equipment. Today is the 17th of July, and as this news goes to air, you have about four weeks to check your equipment, log sheets, and logging software updates. Over the next couple of weeks, I will make available at the bottom of the RD contest page printable log sheets, declarations, etc. Until next week, this is Peter Harding, VK4OD. Well, that sort of brings us to the end of WIA National News with a screaming halt. I'm Graham VK4BB. We'll be back next week right here. Until then, walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.